What's up, everybody? I hope you guys are doing well, because today we pick up with the first four trumpets and the judgments that they unleash when they are sounded. I do just want to remind everybody that a lot of what we are covering deals with symbolism, and some of it is literal, I believe, but a lot of it is imagery that's meant to relay a message. So, like yesterday when we discussed the golden censer, the angel burning incense before the Lord could very well be something we literally see when we get to heaven. But when he fills the censer with fire and hurls it toward the earth, resulting in thunder and rumblings and lightning and an earthquake, we see both symbolism and what I believe is literal together in one uh, description. You know, usually the description of the event that triggers the judgment is more symbolic, while the outcome on earth and man is more literal. Now, the angel hurling the censer with fire at the earth is symbolic that God is sending judgment and it is going to be bad, but it will result in a literal, you know, uh, effects like thunder and lightning, uh, rumblings and an earthquake. Those literal, literal results will serve as a cue for the next series uh, of judgments to begin and should it should be a warning to the people up until this point it has been rough but not like what they are about to see like it, like i said it will progressively get worse and worse as god punishes those who have denied him and rejected the gospel each time god trying to get man to turn back to him now today we see the first four trumpets being sounded when these trumpets are sounded, they unleash a particular judgment that results in massive devastation to specific parts of, of the earth. Now, the angels play a big role in carrying out these judgments. And here we see that when something happens in heaven, symbolically or literally, it results in a cataclysmic event happening on earth. It is easy to get lost in the symbolism and imagery and what it could possibly mean and all this stuff, but let's focus on the results and see what we can make, you know, if we can make sense of it all. Let's take a look at the first four judgments and see what we can learn today. When God created the heavens and the earth, he simply spoke matter into existence. He needed no angels or man, only his word. When we look at the things like the seals being opened or the trumpets being sounded, they are symbolic triggers. When the trumpet sounds, it triggers an event or series of events that God has given it the power to do. Meaning, God has empowered the sound of the trumpet, like his spoken word, to cause something to happen. When God said, let there be light, there was light. That is the power of his word. And I believe that God endows these trumpets with the power of his voice, so to speak. Okay, so when the trumpet sounds, it is like God speaking and it and, and causing an event to happen, like the flood in Noah's day, or like the plagues God sent on Egypt. When Moses touched the water with his staff, it turned the water to blood. Was his staff magical? No, God endowed it and endowed that action with power, like his, like the power of his spoken word. So you will see similarities between the trumpet judgments, by the way, and some of the plagues that were sent on Egypt. Now, okay, so here we go. Angel number one steps up and raises his trumpet and gives it a loud blast. You know, verse seven says, The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the earth. 
A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. God has a tendency to use natural means to do supernatural things, like I've said before. So we we have hail, which can cause major damage to, to man-made structures, but also can seriously damage crops. Then we have fire mixed with blood. This could be meteor shower or volcano eruptions, uh, volcano eruptions, but the being mixed with blood is a little unclear, but you know, when Moses touched the water with his staff, it turned the, the water to blood. Uh, and Jesus demonstrated that he had the power to change the molecular structure of water and turn it into wine. So why can't he do the same and turn it into blood? It makes perfect sense. Um, not sure why, you know, exactly that there's blood mixed in with the fire, but we do know that, you know, the blood can symbolize death, you know, so if, you know, and we know God can speak things into being. So we can explain the hell and even the fire through natural events like volcanic eruptions or meteors, etc. But like I said, the blood mixed in, if literal, is just God doing his thing like he did with the judgments against Egypt. You know, but it could also symbolize, like I said, death. So we do know, uh, what we do know is that this storm results in one third of the land and the trees and all the green grass being burned up. No green grass means livestock can't feed, or at least they'll have a lot of trouble feeding. So, you know, what's going to happen? A lot of livestock will die. One third of these trees and and land being, you know, destroyed uh, would greatly impact the climate, the weather, the water, uh, the waterways and, and runoffs um, that they would have, it would cause major devastation. So this first judgment causes great impact to the land and all that is on it, but it leads to the next judgment. The second angel sounds his trumpet and unleashes something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, you know, and it was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. So again, you see the water turned into blood. Again, we are, God's already shown that he can do that. Now, whether that is a result of the living creatures and things in the sea that, that, that the blood comes from, who knows? But we know that God can do that like he did with Moses and in Egypt. So now, so destruction has now come to the sea. A huge mountain all ablaze, sounds like a, which to me sounds like a volcano erupting with lava pouring down the sides you know, and into the ocean. But this has to, to me, this this has to be a volcano in the ocean or multiple volcanoes, potentially, with the destructive power to kill one-third of the sea life and destroy one-third of all the ships. So one-third of the land and now one-third of the ocean or sea life has been destroyed along with the ships. When this happens, it will greatly affect not only the weather but the food supply. And since ships are responsible for carrying so much of the world's goods, it will have a devastating effect on commerce, you know, and the supply chain, so to speak. The food supply will be severely cut off, you know, or severely diminished, and the ability to get those supplies where they need to go will also suffer greatly. The third angel now sounds his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky uh, on a third of the river's and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood, 
A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. Okay, so first we have the land and the trees and the sea life and a major means of transporting goods all destroyed. And now the fresh water, the fresh water is 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 being um, damaged, so to speak. So this great star blazing like a torch, it's most likely a, a comet. It sounds like a comet, you know, in the description. So obviously a star would like this is like the sun, you know, uh, the sun is a star. So uh, that if that were to hit the earth, there'd be no earth. So we know it can't literally be a star, but in description, it might look like a star. So you know, it sounds very much like he's describing a comet because comets, of course, would be typically much bigger than a, a meteor so you know it sounds like a comet which is, is likely and it would fit the description either way this star or comet is called wormwood meaning bitterness uh, named after a desert plant that was known for its bitterness and in this case toxic qualities this star or comet hits the earth in just the right place so that it poisons one-third of the fresh water supply whatever this comet is made of when it gets uh, when it hits the earth and, and gets into the water, it turns it bitter and toxic to drink, resulting in many people dying due to drinking this water. So the supply chain has been damaged. The crops, livestock, and sea life damaged, hindering the food supply and now access to fresh water, which is obviously vital to survival, has been greatly diminished. God seems to be cutting off, you know, cutting the world off at every turn, almost like a siege. You know, slowly making it harder and harder to survive. And yet there is a fourth trumpet that will affect nature, so to speak, even more. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. Now, a third of the day was without light and also a third of the night. It is unsure by what means God will do this, but the bottom line is he is saying that one-third of all natural light will be gone. Can you imagine the impact on crops that need sunlight or the impact on energy? I mean, look at the world, you know, the way the world is moving towards solar, you know, solar energy. What will happen when one-third of that power source is gone? Also, the magnitude of this event cannot be overstated. Reducing the natural sunlight by one-third will affect the weather, causing temperatures to plummet. Plants str would struggle to survive as photosynthesis would be greatly hindered. Ocean currents and, and seasons affected. Liquid water and survival survivable temperatures are possible only due to, because of the sunlight. So take that away or reduce it, and life becomes difficult to maintain at all. This makes... You know, this makes me think of a siege. When an army would lay siege to a castle or a city, you know, etc., it would cut off and restrict their access to trade, food, and water supplies, the essentials, bringing the city to its knees to the point where they surrender or die. These first four trumpets do just that. God restricts, you know, trade, food, water, energy, and makes the weather miserable and harsh. He is bringing the world to its knees, yet God in all his mercy leaves two-thirds undamaged. So it will be miserable but survivable. Again, you see the judgment of God accompanied by his mercy and grace. After seeing these four judgments, John says, As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in, 
in a loud voice, woe, 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 woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Um, And should I say that's three woes, woe, woe, and woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. He has to be thinking, I mean, John has to be thinking, this is not going to be good. The first four were kicked off with fire being hurled to the earth and thunder and lightning and an earthquake, etc. But now an eagle, which could be another angel flying around, um, giving a warning, basically saying, if you thought the first four were bad, hold on, you ain't seen nothing yet. The next three trumpets are called the three woes or the woe judgments. When the Bible uses the word woe, it is signifying deep suffering or grief. And here it is used three times, which is something they would do back then when they really wanted the reader to understand that something was extremely important or significant. And in this case, the angel or eagle, the creature is saying that the suffering or distress that is coming will be extremely significant. Okay, guys, that is the first four trumpets, and we know that they affect the land, trees, grass, sea life, ships, fresh water, and light. You know, God is laying siege to the earth, making survival difficult and painful, yet he still shows mercy by only affecting one-third. You know, but next, he will directly affect mankind, uh, especially those who have not been sealed by God, and all those who take the mark of the beast or follow the Antichrist as a believer. You know, as a believer who came prior to the tribulation, we are spared from all this because of the provision made by Jesus. You know, because we have accepted him as our substitute, redeemer, savior, and place our faith in him. You know, so God has removed his judgment on us because he placed it on his son who took our place. And now Jesus stands in the way preventing us from going through that judgment. But all those who go through the tribulation period will not be so lucky. They must endure the judgment of God. They will not be spared from it as we will be. That is why it is so important to spread the gospel. Let's do our part to bring the full number in. Now, interestingly enough, in this tribulation period, you will see God like in the Old Testament. This should remind you just how blessed we are to be under the covering and protection of Jesus. Now, the people in uh, that have to go through the tribulation period, even those who become believers, there may be some things, like we'll talk about the locusts that sting people, so to speak. We'll, we'll talk about them uh, coming up. But, you know, yeah, the people who are sealed by God, they'll be spared from those things. But a lot of the judgments and the struggles and, and the hardships that affect the whole world, they'll affect the people who are believers during that day, too. So that's how blessed we are to have Christ and to have faith in him and have our salvation in him because we will be spared from that. Now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And remember, tomorrow we pick up with the last three uh, trumpets, which are are the three woes, and they are majorly significant. And we'll talk about that tomorrow, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, God, so much for your mercy and grace. I know that you know, I say that, you know, every time, Lord, but it's so important to me 
to begin my prayer with thanking you for your goodness. And, you know, I thank you, Jesus, for being our substitute, for letting the, you know, the Father pour out his judgment on you instead of us. Thank you for making us righteous before before the Father and covering us with your blood. God, I pray that every listener you know, would see the grace and mercy that accompanies your judgment. And I pray that every listener would be filled with hope because, you know, I, at the end of the day, I really pray that, that they would be filled with hope because, you know, they don't have to experience this judgment that is coming. You know, we have hope in Jesus and our, our, our eternity is because of him, you know, and I just pray, God, that people would see the the hope that we have in knowing that we will be spared from this hour of judgment. You know, and I ask you, Lord, to do a work in me and use this podcast to spread your word and strengthen, you know, strengthen and encourage other believers in their faith. Use this podcast to to be a conduit, Lord, for you to speak to the hearts and, and to the lives of those who are listening. I, I just I want to know that this podcast is strengthening them and encouraging them in their in their faith. You know, do a new thing in your people and turn your hearts, turn the hearts of your people back to you. Let your people find renewed strength and may we, you know, present ourselves as a living sacrifice to you. Use us, Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name. Amen.